0: It is 25 and a half after the hour on this uh, Transcendent Tuesday. Dr. Don Clark joins us. Don, a, a resident of Garden Valley, Texas, a biochemist by trade and and uh, vocation and, and, and avocation, I suppose, because you you can't get away from that once you're trained in that. Lots of years <laughs> in pharmaceuticals. He's, he now he exercises his skills on grapes in a, in a vineyard there in, in uh, Garden Valley. And also a member of the board of Creation Moments. And Don, we've we've covered a whole lot of scientific topics uh, over the years. We're kind of getting back to the basics here, to, to creation. Um, the topic is predation, pathogens, poisonous plants, and parasites. So, if everything was perfect in the garden at the beginning, why did God invent the tapeworm?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean that that is easy to answer, right? Well, I mean, a, a tapeworm? Are you kidding me? It, it, it would, We wouldn't be able to measure anything if we didn't have the tapeworm. Oh, well, of oh, course. I, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That, he,
0: that, he nailed it. He did. It's a, it's a cubit. <laughs> Why didn't they call it a, a cubit worm?
1: Yeah, a cubit worm. That's a good question. Uh, we called it yeah. a tapeworm. Yeah. We lost the word cubit. Well, the question, <laughs> question
0: is, if all these things were, were designed at the same time, um uh, poisonous plants? Did 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 Adam and Eve have to be really careful? Aside from avoiding the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they don't don't eat don't eat that weed down there because you'll die. That, was that was uh, that. Was that a
1: that's, you see, we are post flood, so uh, conditions are different ah. here post flood than they were pre flood. And hence, uh, a lot of these poisonous plants and animals take snakes, for example. Um, you know, they may not have been, uh, and there's good evidence to suggest that they weren't uh, poisonous as uh, we experience them today, uh, because one of the uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the uh, premises of, uh, of not necessarily creation, but uh, perhaps some of the investigation of the antediluvian before the the, the flood was that our atmospheric pressure was uh, a little over you know twice what it is today and uh, if our atmospheric pressure <clears throat> for example was one like in general it is around the world except you go up to a high mountain obviously it's lower but a you know, such animals uh, as pterodactyls, for example, wouldn't be able to fly because there's not enough, they don't have enough uh, wingspan for the amount of air uh, in the atmosphere. So the atmosphere had to be higher uh, back then. And uh, one of the things that we kind of uh, suggest from the, the, the pre-flood environment is that uh, an an increase in atmospheric pressure also, excuse me, also causes uh, a decrease of uh, the poisonous reaction that you get from uh, some of these things. Hmm. And uh, for example, you take, and this wasn't in the article, I I just remember it from studying, you know, uh, creation scientists for a long period of time, but uh, one of the uh, the things, for example, you know, what about snakes, poisonous snakes? Uh, what's the deal you know with them? Well, the neurotoxin that is in the poisonous snakes uh, isn't poisonous at the higher atmospheres. And so you uh, <clears throat> um, if you got bit, for example, by a poisonous snake, you'd feel some numbness and some relief of pain if for example, you uh, broke your a finger or something or your hand uh, then or even an ankle, let's say, then you would try to go find a poisonous snake and it would bite you and you would get relief from no the, you're the ta- pain. you're talking so about higher higher
0: atmospheric pressure, correct?
1: Yes. Okay, and so instead of dying from the uh, the injection of the neurotoxin by the snake, you would actually get some physical relief from the neurotoxin. so that's you know that's an interesting uh, interesting concept, and uh, you know are were other things uh, you know, kind of like that, like poisonous plants and and things. now, you know if you take a snake, for example, he's got the forked tongue and he, he sticks out his tongue and he's what he's doing is he, he's measuring the temperature. And so he's measuring the temperature around him. And, uh, if he sees a change in temperature, he kind of senses that, Oh, you know, there's a, you know, an animal or something that I can bite. Yeah, Snakes, well, snakes don't, know, don't break, see well.
0: Right. I mean, that's the reason that gives them a, they rely on the other sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so they're relying on this infrared, if you will, sensor that they have in their tongues, and, uh, you know, think about it, if you broke your leg, for example, that area is going to be quite inflamed, thereby uh, greater heat than, than the rest of your body, and that would be the area that the snake would bite, mm-hmm. and so, you know, that would make, uh, would make pretty good sense. But what about some of these uh, other things? I mean, you know, the uh, evolutionists say, well, you know, animals evolved. uh, uh, We know from the Bible, for example, that everything was Mm -hmm. plant-eating. All the animals were plant-eating, including ourselves. And uh, that changed after the flood. Uh, But before that time, all the animals were plant-eating. And uh, so how did we get carnivores uh, from uh, all... Plant-eating animals, and uh, the evolutionists would suggest, oh, you know, uh, these the carnivores evolved over time and changed in order to uh, be able to eat, you know, other other animals, and uh, that that's not how it has to happen. I mean, the carnivores, uh, for example. Uh, um, you know didn't have to uh change their system all they needed to change was their behavior and uh, you know they weren't after the flood of course the nutritional value of plants and grain and these type of things degraded like uh uh you know most most things and so uh, they needed they needed more protein, and you they weren't getting the protein from the plants, so it was natural that uh, you know, for example, that they would be scavengers of dead animals, not necessarily killing other animals, um, and they would get you know uh, greater amounts of protein from that. And even God Himself uh, said, you know, after Noah, that now you can eat, you can eat meat, you can eat meat now. He. He uh, classified the meat that they could eat, but it was for the same reason, because there wasn't uh, the nutritional value that there was pre-flood in uh, the plants that were uh, going to be rising up from the earth uh, after the flood. So. Uh, the carnivores didn't have to change, uh, you know, their shape or their intestinal systems or anything else. All they needed to do was change their behavior. Change.
0: I'm, reminded, so, I'm um, reminded of that cartoon, two, two vultures in a tree, just waiting, just waiting. And finally, one of them speaks up and says, the heck with patience. I'm going to kill something. <laughs> change in behavior
1: right <laughs> change in behavior yes
0: <laughs>
1: out of need i mean you know you get hungry and then you start you know altering things and then uh, so so that uh, you know can uh, explain the uh, the predators that that we have today that perhaps we didn't have before the flood and, uh, you know, when God finished his creation on the sixth day, and he said everything was very good, that is perfect. Um, and he, he meant for man to live forever on this earth, as, as well as the animals and, and this type of stuff. And so um, things, you know, things changed drastically, obviously, after the fall, uh, because he cursed the ground and uh, from the sweat of the brow of course adam had to now uh eat it was going to take him hard work in order for him to uh to eat he couldn't just go around you know picking the fruit off the trees for example uh, like he did before when he was in in the garden he had to actually till the ground and uh, he, god said you know let the let the the weeds come up basically because I'm going to make you you have to work hard and uh, that was a gracious thing on God's part you know we often don't think of that as being very gracious why do I have to work hard in order in order to eat and uh, the reason is because if you don't work hard You're more inclined to commit evil uh, more rapidly, because if you're just kind of left alone to your own uh, vices, then you're going to look around for the easy way. And God said, no, I'm not going to give you the easy way. I'm going to have you till till the ground and it's not going to yield the fruit that it once did. And it's going to be a hard work. And so you're going to be spending most of your time working hard.
0: (laughs) Idleness, idleness is the devil's playground.
1: The old, there you go. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's where that kind of came from. Uh, but, uh, you know, what about things like viruses? Oh, my goodness. Viruses are causing so much uh, problems today. You know, of course, we just came out of COVID uh, three years ago with COVID-19, and that was a modified Virus Obviously, man uh, made it in a laboratory, I mean, took a natural virus and made it more lethal because the natural virus infected bats. And, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of cross species in uh, these types of things, but uh, we know better. And so we uh, uh, attached uh, uh, the spike protein that actually attacks uh, human cells. Uh, nice thing to do if you're working in a, a bioweapons lab, which uh, the Wuhan lab is. And so uh, you got, you know, you have, but there's natural viruses, obviously, that cause disease. We got hepatitis, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, uh, various other types of viruses. So how can these be, how are viruses uh, beneficial you know, to, to us or to the environment. Well, it turns out that they're, they're quite beneficial, uh, especially in the bacterial uh, realm. And, uh, you know, such things as bacteria, a- uh, antibiotic resistance of bacteria Wouldn't have occurred unless there was a bacteriophage, which is a is a virus-like particle that gets into the bacteria and infuses new genetic information into the into the bacteria, and uh, in this case, it it infuses uh, information that, hey, uh, here's a different uh, mechanism or a pathway to nutrition, and therefore the antibody, uh, I mean the antibiotic. you know, stopped working on that particular virus. That I mean, that particular bacteria that got infected with the uh, with the virus because it now has new genetic information. And of course, the evolutionists would say, "You see, that's uh, that's a uh, a form of evolution, or you know, bacterial uh, any." Anti- Uh, antibiotic resistance is an example of evolution, and that's not the case at all because the genetic information was there. It may have come in the form of another organism, as uh, I just described, from a virus versus uh, the natural material being within the bacterial genome. Now, in that case you know you have one bacteria for example that gets infected with this uh, this virus and of course there's billions and billions that get infected but if you had one or two let's say and uh, those van bacteria survive and then they're going to start multiplying because they have the genetic material within them. And uh, so now they become the prominent bacteria. If it's in your body, for example, and you're trying to get rid of the bacteria, they now have bacterial resistance. And you can keep taking that antibiotic, but you're not going to get cured because now the uh, the bacteria has... Has acquired new information that it didn't have before, Um, and uh, so the antibiotic that used to work won't work anymore. And so we got to come up with new antibiotics or other ways of uh, treating this. Um, And so uh, viruses also can. uh, Or it turns out the more research we do on this, the it turns out that gee, you know, it looks like viruses are essential. Or uh, essential for life, especially bacteria, and uh, you know bacteria are extremely important in soil health. You know, if you take soil and you uh, sterilize it through heat, uh, uh, for example, and kill all the microorganisms, now you get dead soil. And if you put a plant in that dead soil, it's not going to do very well because you've killed off the uh, the fungus that's in the soil, you killed off the bacteria that's in the soil, and, and now your plants aren't going to do very well. And we know that there is a symbiotic relationship, for example, with certain types of fungi and, uh, and plant roots. And uh, if you do away with that fungus, uh, then... Your plants just aren't gonna get the nutrients and pretty soon you stick a plant in in that type of soil and it dies. And you wonder, why did it die? You know, I watered it, I fertilized it, and it it died. Well, the fungus is actually taking up the nutrients from the from the rocks and the surrounding mm. area and feeding it to the plants. So if you sterilize your soil, then you don't get that symbiotic relationship, and uh, your plants die. So, and we know that you know there are good funguses, and of course there's bad funguses, and there are fungal diseases. For example, uh, since we raise grapes, uh, that will uh, um, kill a grapevine over time. Cotton root rot is uh, is an example uh, here in Texas. Uh, in the regions where they used to uh, well and they still do uh, grow a lot of cotton well the cotton plant would get infected with this fungus and this fungus would be transmitted from plant to plant and pretty soon you got this big patch of uh, dead uh, um, uh, cotton plants uh, in the middle of the field and it's because of uh, the the fungus that has infected so we got, you know, good good fungus and bad fungus, and uh, that's that's obviously an example. You of, know, you of you, one. you bring well, out, same f- fungus can.
0: You bring up another thought here, and and I'm 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 still back on on snake venom, uh, but but everything you've mentioned in between too, and and by the way, this is from an article at the Institute for Creation Research, and there's a link to the article in the chat window at BrokenRoadRadio.com. It's a very it's a short article, but it's just packed with interesting information. This brings me to the to Doctor Don's the 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 Don Clark theory of devolution, because I'm thinking, you know, you've told us many times that Adam was the perfect man, that that those early earliest generations in creation were, were smarter than we are now, that with each generation mutations occur in 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 our genes that actually degrade us slowly over time, so I, I'm thinking that all these these things that we now see as poison, now that we have scientists working on this stuff, they discover that in the right dosage, at the, at the right concentration, these are helpful things. They're medicines and things that solve problems, not cause them. So I, I'm thinking that maybe they didn't they didn't change at all, but just our, our level of understanding and, and how to use these materials that were actually gifts to begin with have now become curses.
1: Well, yes, they have been. <clears throat> they, uh, yeah, many of them have now become curses. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that, uh, that's another uh, area. So take the uh, take the bacterium, the clostri- uh, Clostridium botulinum uh, is a uh, bacteria that causes um, bot- uh, botulinum toxin. For example, it produces botulinum toxin. And it doesn't take much botulinum toxin to kill you. And a matter of fact, there's a, a, a very famous—you uh, uh, know—the people have used it uh, to actually murder people, with without them really knowing what what is happening. But botulinum toxin, uh, actually, I worked for a pharmaceutical company, and and we developed Botox oh. as a—that's uh, a, a shortening a of that of
0: botulinum toxins. That's a shortening of the name Botox. Ah.
1: Yes, light goes uh, on. Botox. So you, uh, it. I mean, it was uh, Allergan Pharmaceuticals that I was working with at the time, and uh, Herbert Laboratories, and we used uh, Botox in a, a number of different uh, conditions. Uh, the first one that we came out with was uh, strabismus, so cross-eyed. Uh, if a person had crossed eyes, uh, if you injected small quantities of botulinum toxin into the muscle that was pulling the eye in the wrong direction, the muscle would relax and the person then would have, their eyes would be straight. So uh, we first developed it as an ophthalmic uh, uh, drug and then we found out that, hey, you know, if you've got wrinkles, a little bit of Botox, for example, botulinum toxin in uh, your cheek muscles or your forehead or wherever, you have uh, little wrinkles, uh, uh, relax those wrinkles, and you'd have a nice skin again. It also works in uh, in uh, uh, spasms, muscle spasms. So, so torticollis, for example, is a spasm in your neck, and, you know, you can't move your neck. Uh, except for one way, and uh, botulinum toxin is useful in, in relaxing that muscle. So we can uh, doing, you know, God provided this. We didn't have to create a new neurotoxin. Here it is uh, kind of handed to us uh, from this bacteria. You're, you're saying that thanks, and, thanks uh, to
0: your research years ago, women who want fat lips can now have them.
1: They can have them if mm. they want them. You know, uh, and uh, obviously a lot of people uh, do use it for cosmetic, but there are uh, more beneficial (laughs) medical uh, uh, conditions that I've described for that particular toxin. And uh, this type of research is, is going on, and then, you know, kind of back to the viruses. The viruses, one of the useful things that we're finding out about the viruses is that they exchange uh, genetic information. So not only does the virus contain its own information, but it can transmit uh, useful information, genetic uh, material Because, you know, a virus infects a cell, the virus breaks down, the uh, genetic material is released, and then the virus goes about the business of uh, using the cell's machinery to rebuild itself, but many, many, many copies. And in the process, they can grab onto some natural uh, uh, genetic material from the host. And then when the virus is released, they've got that material uh, now encapsulated into the virus and then it infects something else, another another cell, another organism, and now that organism has new genetic information that it wouldn't have otherwise had hadn't the virus uh, been around to transmit it. We're using uh, kind of the concept uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, not correctly, but we're using the concept for the, uh, the new vaccines that are coming out. So uh, the you know the the modified uh, RNA type of vaccines that we've talked about in a negative way on this program many times kind of tries to mimic the effect of uh, viruses by injecting people with uh, a modified messenger RNA uh, that is encapsulated in uh, lipid nanoparticles and the lipid nanoparticles uh, kind of do the same thing as the protein coat on the virus in that it fuses with the cell membrane and then gets the genetic material inside the cell And uh, we obviously haven't perfected that because it's caused uh, more deaths than uh, it was uh, thought that it would have and uh, caused more problems than it would have. So we're not there yet with that type of technology. But, um, you know, we the whole aspect of all of this is that we can learn from from nature. And uh, we can learn from, you know, what uh, God has already put into place and use it for medical purposes or use it for good uh, and not for evil, um, assuming, you know, we don't have evil men or women, you know, trying to make uh, uh, bio, uh, terrorist type of weapons. Unfortunately, we do have some well, that's, that's
0: That's part of the curse, too, isn't it?
1: It is part of the curse because, you know, they those people have allowed uh, Satan's influence on them to destroy man. And, uh, you know, we know that God wants to uh, promote a healthy environment and Satan wants to destroy people. Um, destroy what god has created and so he influences uh, people like that and some people get uh, much more influenced than others and uh, you know that you have a uh, a very deleterious effect as opposed to a positive effect so it's fair but to fair to say no... then
0: fair to say that poisons parasites and pathogens in the beginning were gifts creations of god for a purpose that has since become warped by the curse and by our lack of knowledge, we simply don't know what the gift was, and, and, and we're learning slowly, incrementally, how to make use of some of them to do good.
1: Yes, and, you know, the, some of these poisons, for example, uh, that you know, there's poisonous plants that kind of take over uh, an area if it uh, if it encroaches on it. But there are compounds in the plant, the the poison actually in the plant, that we can use for pharmaceutical uh, purposes. And one, for example, for skin diseases, uh, psoriasis and stuff, uh, is uh, showing great promise by using these types of chemicals. So yeah, God, God placed them. I mean, everything because He closes uh, He closes Genesis by saying that everything was very good, everything was perfect. So everything that He created was good, and it had a specific purpose. He had a specific purpose in mind. It's only after the flood, and then uh, you know, now that evil, evil men will take good and uh, do evil things with it.
0: Hmm. So it was all there for a purpose, and it was part of the plan, and. And, 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 well, everybody's paying the price now for that, uh, that, that, that curse in the garden. Don, thank you very much. I wanna mention that Don, again, is a member of the Board of Creation Moments. Creationmoments.com is their website. You'll find their scientific information that explains and supports the biblical story of creation, some of which you've, you've heard from us today here. And we recommend a visit to us, creationmoments.com. If you go to our, uh, our uh, podcast page, Maybe you're going because because Don has uh, has ten years of, of podcasts on the air with us there. Our podcast tab, and you'll find a link there to Creation Moments, and it's a it's a good place to visit. So, Don, thanks again. We learned something again today, and again, the link to the article we were discussing is in the chat window at BrokenRoadRadio.com. If you want to take a look at it, Don, have a terrific week. We'll we'll see you we'll see you next month.
1: Um, yes, it's going to be next month already. We're heading into February, which wow. means uh, pruning time yeah. at some point. <laughs> uh, so, uh, boy, then the work starts again. And we
0: got the tapeworm so we can measure things. I'm glad to. I've always, always wondered that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Take care. Yes, you too.